0: Welcome to season two of the Week Pastor Podcast, where we view Christianity through the lens of vulnerability.
1: Welcome to the Week Pastor Podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. How are you doing, Sue?
0: I am doing well.
1: You look perplexed right now.
0: Mm, I'm thinking about the question. Yeah, I know you mm-hmm. are. I, I have a couple. What, I have a couple, so I'm trying to find a good one. I don't know what one. the
1: question is, but you have a question for me. Yeah, us I'm today. trying to find the one question.
0: that's right for our mood right now. <laughs> <laughs> mood. Right for the mood. Yes. Yeah. It's it's a it's a skill.
1: It truly should I, is. Should what? I ask you the question? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Okay. Let's do this. What I'm sorry that
0: it's not as salacious, but I I'm very curious what your answer is going to be. Y- you, Please you know, try to answer it.
1: Okay, so listen, Sua, like uh, leave the salacious stuff up to me, and you should do the one that's more more you know more human.
0: But so these are good. the questions. So, do you remember one time? You probably don't remember. I don't know why I even start a sentence. But do you remember one? The answer is going to be no. I don't remember. <laughs> um, so I'm not even <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true like I, and then it's funnier because i'll tell you funny things that you've told me and then you'll laugh as if it's the first time you know that which I know, cracks cuz i don't, I don't uh, remember it
1: i don't remember but, but anyways, know, there was I, you know why a time i laugh time. so much because you remember it so much better than i do and no, i'm just blown away how you it's remember it's
0: so it. entertaining there was a time i'll just start with there was a time okay. when you did a sunday sermon at metro and you said something along the lines of if you guys have known Sua, she's so weird. Sometimes she'll just randomly ask me these weird questions and I'm like, I don't know how to answer that. So the question that you were referencing at that time was when I asked you if you would have been a Nazi, if you were born in Nazi Germany
1: <laughs> and we were in the I car
0: think. and you were like, what kind of questions are you asking
1: <laughs> That was a crazy question, man.
0: I was curious. I was very curious. But anyways, um, yeah, my questions are always a little bit like fourth dimension questions like they're kind of out of this world like they're very it requires you to
1: really think that's the problem no but this question
0: doesn't require you to think too much and i'll give you um the question is if you were an animal what animal would you be
1: Hmm.
0: and i'm not talking about like i mean i guess you could do physically like the way you look
1: okay i want you to go first maybe I really want to think <laughs> Bigfoot Bigfoot's because not an animal. So...
0: Well, it you have size exist. 13, size 13 feet that you put into size 12 <laughs> shoes
1: oh, man. and you're tall. No, 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 no. I'm a size 12 and I wore a size 10 and a half.
0: Okay, no, that's even years. worse. That's even yeah. worse. How I, do you my, 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 size 12 feet? It's 10. I,
1: I, 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 I think my feet should have been a size 13, but because for so many years I wore a 10 and a half because I was so ashamed. So what of are they now? What did they land 12. on? I'm a 12 right now but i I think i should be a 13 with my height but i think because i wore these 10 and a halves for years in high school um i mean like my toes were bleeding at times you were like those
0: ballerinas with their toe shoes yeah
1: i just you know like at that time actually so i actually liked dancing and i just thought big feet had no no business being on the dance floor
0: but this makes me kind of sad, yeah. So like that's it's giving me a glimpse into your psyche. In and high I remember,
1: like, I came home after uh, we had this thing called a sock hop at our high school, and I danced the night away. And I came home, and my did, did toes, you just say
0: you danced the night away? I danced
1: the night away. I danced oh the night away. I was, we, oh busted. my goodness, I'm so sorry man, for the millennials my running and Gen man was Zers. So tight. That are listening. My running man was oh amazing. Lord. I oh came Lord. home, and my toes were all bloody. Oh, it was so bloodied up, man. Cause worst, I wore a size. Oh that.
0: God. That's so terrible. I mean, okay, so off topic. Right, so but, animal. I uh, want to no, know no. you. Okay. What, hold what on. animal would you be? Um so I personally, if you asked me, I think I would be a very cute, docile animal. Um I don't have like maybe like a Labrador retriever. I don't know. Something cute. Something cute and nice. But as we said earlier in another episode, sometimes the way others view us is more accurate than the way we view ourselves. (laughs) So I have asked this question to John. Okay. And um, John had an answer immediately, which was very strange because usually when I ask him the questions that I ask him in my life, it's usually like the response you gave is like, what kind of question is that? Like that's usually his response. But John is an avid um, animal Planet and National Geographic viewer. Well, so I he knows too. a lot about animals. Me too. So he immediately was like, oh, I know what animal you are. We almost got divorced. After- <laughs> <laughs> he was like, you are a mongoose. A Mongoose? And I said, mongoose? Why? I am Why a mongoose. Yeah. And he said, have you ever seen mongoose? Mon- Wait, hold on. Is the plural of mongoose mongoose? I have no idea. Okay, well, have you ever seen mongooses? They're very cute. Like he was like, they're very cute. Like they look really innocent. They're really cute. But they're vicious. But they can. They're the only only animals that can kill a cobra. Yeah. So he was like, my looks belie my true nature, which I guess he thinks is extremely, kill, like killing and violent. So wow. he said, people look at me and they think I'm this very sweet and innocent and nice person, but I have a killer instinct.
1: Well, we got we to gotta try our best to show that side of you on this podcast because clearly that side of you is non-existent on this podcast. And I want to see that killer But I side. have to be
0: really triggered. Like I have to be really triggered. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to really trigger me because there's very few things that are real triggers yeah. for me. But if you hit the right place, and here's why you and I, you cannot trigger, trigger me, uh, except for that couple of times we've had. But um, you can't couple really... Times. Yeah, but over like 12 years of knowing yeah, each other, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't really trigger me because the things that tr- like usually trigger me are things like um like when people say very unjust things. Yes, injustice. I know that sounds like I'm like yeah. making myself out to be like some kind of like social justice warrior, but that's not what it is. It's just that yeah. I think that's how God created me to be very very angry about injustice, and you would never do that because that's hmm. also something God created you with, which I yeah. think is why you wouldn't say things to trigger me. Like okay. I told you, like I've been triggered by pe- things. Father-in-law. Said. Oh my yeah. God, yes, my poor father-in-law. Um, so, that's yeah, why I mean, he
1: respects you so much now.
0: I think he just blotted it out of his memory, <laughs> Um. you know, for the sake of the peace of the family. But yeah, that's what John said. And I know what animal John is. And what this is? is so accurate. I know which animal my husband is. And I know what animal my older daughter is. I just can't figure out what animal my younger daughter is. Hmm. John is an otter. John does not ever stop working. And I'm not even just talking about like surgery, like actual job work. He can't sit still. So when he comes home after like doing a bunch of cases, he goes outside and then starts chopping wood. And then he starts mowing the grass. Then he starts mulching. And then he starts like cleaning the garage. And then he starts like order, like organizing like the basement. Like he just doesn't sit down and relax. He can't one time. There was 40 minutes between me coming home and us going out to lunch because he came home from work early. Yeah, he couldn't handle himself. So he started folding the laundry. Like he just wow. can't stay still. Wow. He has to be productive.
1: So hmm. he's an
0: otter. But an here's otter. the weird thing. I thought in the beginning this must be coming from some place of emotional unhealth. It's not. That's how he de stresses. Wow. Like doing work for him like is de stressing. It's hmm. really weird.
1: My father-in-law
0: is this way, and my older daughter, she's um, she's like a Labrador Retriever, like a lab. She's a lab. She's a dog. She's hmm. she's super fun. Loves to party. Very social. Very smart, but she's very loyal. Yeah. And she gets along with pretty lab much
1: everyone. Very loyal. So she's a
0: lab. She's a lab. So hmm. what animal? <laughs> What would you Man,
1: say I, you are? I, I'm, 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 well, so, You're
0: blanking. Like, You're blanking. Know,
1: you know, what is that thing called? In, in, you know, Korean, we all have a sign, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's like every 12 years. So I'm a tiger. So I'm a tiger thi, in that. It's called a ti. Yeah, ti. Yeah, but what, what is that in English? Is there any like word? A, it's like
0: a Chinese zodiac. Oh, Chinese zodiac. It's called
1: zodiac. the Chinese okay. zodiac. Yeah. So yeah. my Chinese zodiac is a tiger, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, very Wait, proud.
0: Are you 70? What is it?
1: 73? 74,
0: 74.
1: 74 is tiger. So that's my Chinese zodiac. So I always kind of find sort of like, joy in that uh because i think tigers Why? are i think cool. they're dope i just mm. think they're just they're a strong animal you know and then my brother-in-law's like but i'm a dragon so i'll kill you you know not so, as cool as mine what what's yours
0: i'm a boar <laughs> <laughs> <You're a bore. laughs> i'm the pig oh goodness I'm a pig <laughs> it's well, fine you,
1: that's uh <laughs> yeah yeah that's so tigers i mean tigers that's, that's a anyone, good one. A I don't tiger. know
0: many tigers, to be honest.
1: So for me, like, you know, so tigers are kind of solitary, you know, in some ways. And I'm not uh, like a huge solitary person, but, you know, but I don't know if tigers, like I, I, I see myself, if anything, more of like a lion, because I do like to roll in a pride. I like to roll with a group of people that I really love and I care for, and that's it. Like, I don't, I don't care about anyone else outside of that pride in that sense. You know, like I want to roll with this group of people. So I kind of see myself more as that, but I'm not like yeah i'm not like this ferocious person you know and stuff are like you that. an alpha i am definitely an alpha
0: okay so yeah. like maybe maybe a silverback
1: gorilla <laughs> i was thinking more of a baboon but okay yeah
0: baboon because
1: i see baboons a lot when i go to africa so I, you know but mm. i've never seen a silverback yeah no i could see myself as a silverback silverback but yeah i don't know but then i thought yeah, I don't, know, I don't know all the animals as well, but you know, I badgers. you watch
0: a lot of Animal Planet. But
1: badgers are also, you know, badgers are also. Honey badger? Yeah, they're ferocious. Mm-hmm. They kill snakes as well. Would you don't... say
0: you're ferocious? No, I'm like, not. I'm okay, not a badger. So, okay, I'm just so thinking so, about what, what you. you no, I'm talking about you. Can we focus? <laughs> focus.
1: Hmm.
0: What are some of your key like, if somebody said to me, describe but your personality to me in three yeah. words. You mean the three words that stand up, like, stick, stand out to you about how you would, per, like, describe yourself. Bring it to the essence of who Peter on is. Okay.
1: Three uh, words. Lo- loyal. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely loyal to the people that I want to be loyal mm-hmm. to. Um, Three things, huh?
0: There's only loyal? You're only uh, loyal, that's it?
1: I'm loyal. Um, humble. People say I'm humble. hmm and a uh, risk taker, a great risk taker. I love taking risks.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. I'm just trying to think.
0: Do you, you know, I don't, do you do well with, sorry. I,
1: I, do I do well with what? You Why you well with a, Those are you judging me? No,
0: because I don't think you do well with authority. Like, I feel like you need to be the authority. Like, there's certain people that I've met in my life yeah. who they're not necessarily like, bad with authority
1: so are you saying i'm not humble is that what you're saying
0: no 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 oh, that's right. not what right. i'm saying because i'm not i don't think you're arrogant yeah but i think that you prefer to be the one giving the shots and i don't think it yep. necessarily comes from a place of feeling yep. like yeah you're i don't think it's because you think you're better yeah but i think um you just have such a clear vision of how you want things yeah. done or how you want things to be that i think you prefer to be your own boss kind of yeah
1: no i agree um, so then that makes me a silverback
0: no silverbacks are really 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 scary and yeah i don't think like, i would say you're scary silverbacks
1: wives are scared of them you know like but,
0: okay like, hold on sorry okay forget the question i'm so cu- curious now because when i asked you if you were an alpha you immediately were like i think i'm an alpha
1: definitely but were alpha. you an alpha
0: in high school
1: no because no. you
0: portray yourself to be extremely I, well i couldn't be an alpha, an alpha in, in high school i couldn't
1: i could not be an alpha in high school Um, so listen, I, I don't have like, so, you know, like alphas are alphas, but when alphas meet another alpha and then they get,
0: they got to fight it out.
1: Yeah. And they lose, then they have no problem submitting. So that's like me, I think like, I don't have a problem. Like if there's another alpha and somehow like, I feel like, yeah, you know what? You're better at me, better at this than I am. So I have no problems Mm. like deferring and then following. Um, so I'm, I don't have a problem with that. I I don't like, you know, enter a room and be like, okay, when I gotta, I gotta be the head person here. But if I am, and, I, and I've been given that, you know, that that sort of that empowerment to do so. Then I try to lead the best I can. So, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to you know, give you
0: an assignment. You have to come up with one for next week. You
1: no, know, I could see myself as a lion because, you know, we, we roll with a pride. And usually there's there's not just one alpha, but, you know, but there are you know, the male lion, you know, usually is the alpha. And he's out there protecting, you know, protecting. And uh, I could definitely see myself as a lion that is
0: a really nice animal to choose for yourself I
1: know it really is a lion is. with a lion. like the mane you know what I'm gonna ask my, you know what how about this I'm gonna ask my wife please do I'm gonna ask Jenny what animal she thinks I am and then ask
0: your kids also okay <laughs> because I really would if also I not like Christians, to be a mongoose anymore
1: fun of me yeah okay I just
0: don't want to be a mongoose
1: <laughs> hmm know, okay yeah, yeah you wife. gotta
0: accept people's you know responses yeah. as their truth i can't fight oh with him if that's okay. how he views me all wow. right so, all so right, ask Mongoose. jenny and the kids and uh yeah don't piss me off pp you know you, you, right. you want to see the killer instinct come I, out. i,
1: I want to see the killer instinct so i think i got to try to piss you off on an episode because so that the audience can get a chance to see your killer instinct
0: it's it's hard it's hard it's to hard. trigger me as but it's not hard if you know what to say
1: well, like john maybe, can probably
0: piss me off pretty quickly if he wanted to
1: but maybe we can invite a guest that could push those buttons
0: like whom my husband i
1: don't know i oh. i have no idea i have no idea is so that what you just, want me yes, to kill our killer to see sua's killer mongoose instinct killer instinct so we can invite a guest in there. But anyway, okay. Well, we got to get started because we got to really shift direction. There is no correlation to what we're going to talk no, about today. There's I no. can't. I wish I could segue to it, but I can't. But we're actually going to talk about prayer. You know, as we're approaching sort of the holiday season, it's sometimes the most uh, difficult season for a lot of people in America. In fact, they say suicide is at its all-time high during the Thanksgiving to Christmas season, um, you know, and of course, it's supposed to be a festive time, but for a lot of people it actually isn't. It's a, it's a reminder. of of what they're sorely lacking. And so one of the things that actually has been a lifeline for me over the years, and I've never been like this tremendous prayer warrior, but it's actually my prayer life. Prayer life is very important to have. But I think for a lot of times as Christians that we've been told by pastors, you just have to do this. You have to do this to feel like you're a good Christian. And so sometimes it just becomes a chore. And that's sad when prayer becomes a chore. Like, I got to do this. And uh, and I think it's also sad when prayer is just because you need something from God. I think that's also quite sad mm-hmm. when you go to God only because you need something from Him. And uh, we'll explain a little bit more about that later. But so Sua, why don't you just share with the audience uh, how's your prayer life going these days?
0: Mm, okay, I'm go- I'm gonna be very honest. My very prayer honest. life has been very vulnerable, un- un- very undisciplined.
1: Okay. And so what is what does that mean? Very undisciplined. So
0: when You know what? You can tell me whether this is biblical or not. Right. Okay. So when I was growing up, I grew up in a very conservative Christian family, conservative Christian church. And I was told that there's a very specific way that you're supposed to pray. Um, and that you should pray every single day. You should start your day with prayer. Um, you should end your day with prayer. You should pray before every church meeting. You should pray before every meal. Um, And it's just, it was like the law, like every day you have to pray a certain time, certain way. And then I used to do that like all the time. And then I stopped and then I developed my own rhythm of praying where, Mm. you know, kind of like the way I have a workout schedule, like I would pray, but then that started to feel a little bit like a burden to me. You know, like I was like, this does not feel organic to me. Mm. So I stopped. And I think now I'm at a place where I pray, but I don't pray at a set time, um, I don't pray in a certain way, but now I'm starting to feel like that seems like a cop-out too.
1: Yeah. Like yeah. I
0: think um, because I prioritize my exercise reg- regimen, like mm. I exercise a certain time every single day, not because I want to, but because I know if I don't do it at that time, I'm going to get distracted by other things hmm. and I'm prioritizing it. And it's start, I started to think about it and I was like, I don't prioritize prayer time like that. And a lot of times I do get distracted by other things that happen in my life and then I end up not praying that day. So yeah. I'm like, I think I'm coming to a place now where I've gone one extreme, I've gone the other extreme, and I'm like, what does it look like to have a healthy, authentic? Prayer life.
1: Yeah. That is not
0: so, legalistic, but is also right. not whenever I feel like it, you yes. know?
1: So I will say this, guys uh, who, and gals who are listening right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, everyone, be inclusive,
0: Pastor Peter. Yeah,
1: everyone struggles with prayer. Everyone struggles with prayer, like meaning spending enough time to pray. I, I don't know. If, um, if, if anyone could really say, well, my prayer life is just absolutely sensational. I, I know people who pray for hours and they'll say, I wish I could pray more, you know, and stuff. So I, I just think like for our audience, like I think the reality is, is that everyone struggles with prayer. Like it's not necessarily something that's natural to us because how do you, It's like how do you pray to an invisible god right like it's invisible and and so sometimes it's it's difficult to even enter into that you know that sort of that spiritual dimension where you can kind of connect with god so prayer life is important it's absolutely important and the reason why we know that is because for jesus it was his lifeline you know there were moments Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. jesus was so busy he couldn't you know he couldn't um you know he he, i mean he could just keep he could have kept going right but he didn't he often secluded himself he went away and he prayed and when you read mark chapter one like people were looking for Jesus and it was early in the morning. And so that's why I do think it's important to have a rhythm because Jesus had a rhythm. So when you read Mark 1, people were looking for Jesus and the disciples knew exactly where to find them. You know, it was early in the morning. It's like, oh yeah, he's praying. We'll go get him. We know where he is because he always prays at this time. And so they go and they find him and say, Jesus, come out! people are looking for you. We got to go. And so Jesus had a regular routine of praying. And I do believe he also had a regular specific time and when he could pray. And he never, ever sacrificed his prayer life for ministry. And that's important to talk about, especially with pastors if you're listening. Because pastors uh, who are, a lot of times, if you're anything like me, Uh, we do sacrifice our prayer time for ministry because we have so much going on and we just can't do that. We got to do our best to be as disciplined as we can. And so I would say like when you think about prayer, you got to think about what is your end goal for praying? Because I think that end goal is going to determine how much effort you're going to put into it right? So if your end goal in prayer is just because you want to feel like you're a good Christian, like you mm-hmm. feel like it's a thing that Christians have to do, if that's your end goal, your prayer life's going to suck. It's going to be bad, all right, Because then you enter into this le- form of legalism, right? With prayer. If your prayer life is so like, that- God could give you things, that you need things from God, then I do think that you'll probably pray semi-regularly, but you're not going to have, a, in my opinion, a real deep prayer life. And my, my fear is that when I think about the first generation, Korean-Americans or Koreans that have immigrated, and even the ones in, in Korea, my, my fear for them is that they never really taught their people how to really pray. And and what happens with that generation is they just come and they pray. They'll cry out, yes, yes but they usually just really ask for stuff. They have a ton of prayer requests. And I'm not saying that, that's not a bad thing, but it's gotta be more than that. And and they have this amazing sense of discipline. They're able to do that every single day. My mother gets up 3.30 in the morning and she walks to church and she prays for hours, but she has an incredible list of things to pray. And I know God hears her prayers, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So if that's your goal is for God to answer things, and I do think you're gonna be praying, especially if you really need God to come through, right? So if there's like a crisis, and you need God to come through, you're going to pray a lot more. We see that happening even in our church. I don't think that's a proper motivation of why you should be praying. The reason why Jesus prayed so much, and this should be our reason and motivation of why we pray, is because we need to have a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. This is one of the primary ways in how we can connect and have a relationship with God. It's how we can communicate with God and how God communicates to us. That's why we pray. We pray so that we can draw closer to him and have that relationship. So why did Jesus do this with such regularity that the disciples knew exactly where he was at that exact point in time? Because for Jesus, he was praying because he needed God. He needed to hear from God. He he needed God to minister to him, and that was prayer. And so prayer, if if we go in with that mindset, my goal of why I pray is because I really want to get to know God and I really long for him and I want to get to know him and I need to hear from him, then you'll pray, right? You'll definitely pray in that way. And so I would encourage our audience to think about that if we're struggling in our prayer life and we just have never really prayed, you know, uh, regularly in our lives, which actually happens. A lot of Christians uh, sort of fall under that uh, on, the, on the in that category. I think it really is this lack of You know wanting to really get to know god i i think if if our wanting to get to know god is so that he can just give us stuff then i think our understanding of who jesus is is going to be i think in some levels quite superficial you know in some ways and so it's really about getting to know god and so there's so many ways to pray and there's so many different ways that i pray you know sometimes i pray through singing you know i do play some guitar Mm -hmm. and uh, and i'll go down my basement and i'll pray by worshiping uh but most of my time for prayer is silence I start off with some silence every day and I journal. So I pray with my journal. It's my prayer, you know? And so that's one of the best ways. And now the, the thing that's been getting really like bigger for me is, um, being in nature. Like, uh, they call it forest bathing. I love that word, that phrase forest bathing. I just love being in nature and I don't, I mean, I'll talk a little bit, but I just kind of connect with Jesus in such a way when I'm in nature, and so I just I need to be around nature, and if I don't if I don't do that um, regularly, it really does affect me in some ways. So there's so many different ways in how you can pray and connect with God. It's not this one thing. It's not just you know certain thing that you do. Um, it's not audible, and then for a lot of you, it's audible, right? You always speak. But I think prayer, the silence is important because you're only going to hear God speak when you're quiet. And that's why silence is such an important aspect to it. Yes, you should speak, but you need to also stay silent so that you can also hear God speak to you. And that's really key. So anyway, yeah, that's sort of some of the things uh, that I would like to share and just encourage our audience about it. Because the prayer life should be a non-negotiable in our lives. So does that help a little, Sua?
0: Yeah, I mean... You're right. Like if Jesus prioritized prayer life and he's the son of God, he is God. Like, if anyone didn't to pray, it should have been Jesus. Yeah. I mean, you know? obviously we should also emulate his example, but you know, it's as you're talking, I'm thinking about why I used to pray so regularly. And so in you know, a, such a structured disciplined way. And well, how did you do of, it
1: back then? How did you do it Sue, back then? Like, it was well, really okay, no, so
0: it was, it, but I, you know, he, but here's the thing. I think yeah. the, the, The reason, even though if I go back to a very disciplined, structured prayer life, I think it's still very worlds different from how I used to do it before. And the reason why I think is what you alluded to, which is like the motivation behind why
1: Hmm. I'm
0: praying. And I think at that point when I was really praying and feeling so guilty if I missed a prayer or didn't feel like I did enough that day, a lot of my central motivation was I felt like God was going to punish me. If Mm. I didn't pray. Mm -hmm. And if I Mm -hmm. did pray, I felt like God was going to bless me. Yeah. So I felt like this prayer was as most other spiritual quote unquote, spiritual acts that I was doing regularly, they were kind of my way to get God's blessing for my life. Yes. And so I felt like if I go to church regularly on Sunday and if I church, if I pray regularly and pray a lot and I do all of these service acts for the church, those things were directly correlated with the amount of blessing that God was gonna give me. And conversely, if I don't do those things enough, God was gonna punish me. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of my motivation was that. Whereas now, you know, I'm gonna be honest with you. Sometimes I read the Bible and I don't get anything out of it. Yeah. Like I will sit there and I'll meditate and I don't hear from God. Sometimes I hear from God on that passage months later. Um, Sometimes I never hear from God at all. But I think for me, even with prayer, you're right. Like there are times when I go to prayer and I don't really feel like I'm hearing from God. Not every time is this clear, audible voice of like, this is my revelation to you. Sometimes I have that, but sometimes I don't. And for me now though, I think it's the posture of like my motivation of why I'm doing this. It's because I'm trying to show God my heart that I prioritize my time with him and that I prioritize my relationship with him. And I don't think it's necessarily because I feel like if I don't do these things, God's going to punish me. Or if I do these things, God's going to bless me. I think it's more... I want to show God that I love him and I want to show God that yep. i I care about and my relationship with him like above all other things yeah. and I think that's why I think I'm leaning towards having to go back to prioritizing these yes. things and it's vastly yes. different from my motivation yes. initially, which was yeah. trying to get something from god so
1: so also I would say sua too perhaps you know if I can just push a little bit here you know and then this could be with the audience as you're listening sometimes when we sort of you know So this motivation of you not wanting you being afraid to not pray because you feel like God's going to get angry or he's going to condemn you and things like that. I mean, that's, that's so good that you snapped out of that. Cause you know, God is not about that. You know, like God is not going to be angry at us when we're not praying to him. But what I do feel like for those who don't really have a prayer life or don't have some level of like a prayer life that's regular or quite regular is, is that oftentimes some of the, the one of the symptoms is, is that they don't really need God. Like they don't really mm-hmm. need to depend upon God. And if you don't depend upon God, if you're not, desperate for God, like that blind man, when he heard that Jesus was here, was walking on the road, mm-hmm. I mean, blind people were, I mean, they they were, they were had a certain way that they they can only behave in society, right? And they could not be loud and vulgar and mm-hmm. things like mm-hmm. that. This guy was rejected by his family because he brought the family shame. When somebody was born with that kind of, when it was born blind, uh, they just naturally assumed that God has cursed you. And so, but when he heard that Jesus was there, I mean, he was yelling at the top of his lungs to the point where the disciples were like, Would yeah. you just be quiet? Shut yeah. up. Stop. <laughs> yeah, this. they
0: rebuked him. They
1: rebuked him. And it's because he's like, I will be undignified for Jesus. I am desperate. I need, I know Jesus is the only way that I mm-hmm. can really survive life. And so part of this, you know, maybe Sua, is maybe you've gotten to a place even in your own life that maybe um, it's been comfortable. And I don't know. Do you feel like maybe, yeah, like you can coast in life? And that, you know, you don't really need God to help you from day to day to live a good life that you're living right now. What do you think?
0: I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I don't think, think about the it. answer is no. Um, in, Because in the sense that, do I feel like my life right now is a lot more comfortable than my life when I was working a job and had very, very young children? Yeah. we were living in New Jersey. Yeah, my life is much more on autopilot yes. right now than then. Um, there were a lot more issues in yeah. my overall life that I had to contend with. Then there were a lot more, um, pressing needs that needed my attention. Whereas yeah. now my life is pretty chill. Yeah. Like, I mean, I live in the middle, I keep saying I live in the middle of nowhere and my mm-hmm. Ohio friends are like, Sue, we're not in the middle of nowhere. Yeah.
1: You're in Columbus.
0: God's yeah. Okay. Country. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm here. Like I, I don't have, um, like a regular yeah. day-to-day job that I go work with with yep. I don't have a boss who's constantly measuring my work or telling me how to yep. you know giving me more assignments to do like my entire life is literally being a parent where my kids are at school 8 hours of the day and like financially I'm like, a sensational I'm pretty comfortable.
1: podcaster don't forget oh, yes, that yeah yeah
0: sensational podcaster so yeah yes and I think in the times so here's why it's interesting when you say don't come to god just with your laundry list of petitions yeah. or things that you want yeah Because while logically and theologically that makes absolute sense, Mm -hmm. I would have to say realistically, those times when I was in some real dire situations or really difficult things that were happening in my life. And I really needed God to respond yeah. to me. Those were the times when I really did yeah. you didn't need to tell me to be disciplined yeah. about praying. Yeah. I there was no discipline involved. It was like an yeah. automatic response, yeah. visceral response yeah. of needing to pray. So it is interesting that yeah. you say that. And I know you're not saying you can't come with God, yeah. come to God with your um
1: Well, because it's requests. interesting because look at the flip side though, Sua, because you know, you're not this materialistic person, but you guys have everything you need financially. You know, you live we're in a comfortable. good place. So you don't necessarily need God right now like in that sense, you know what I'm saying? And so like, so if you just based upon prayer, your prayer life being upon you needing him to help you with some things in life, you know, that's. My, that could be one of the reasons why maybe you know you're you're struggling in your prayer life. Maybe now it's not as regular as it was before. Is because you kind of have everything and you don't want more. You don't need more, and you don't need to go to God and say, "Hey, I need you to help me here, 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 here." So I, th- I think you know, like th- it's not a bad thing to go to God because I always ask him for stuff and request and make my request known to him. But I think it shouldn't be the primary reason because if it does, and if you need him, then you'll go to him. But if you don't need him really, then you won't really go to him.
0: You know, but I, th- I think and that's a danger. I think you're right. Except that I don't, I don't think that I'm trying to like organize my thoughts. I don't have anything that I would come to God and say right now. I mean, yes, there are a couple of things in my life where I'm like, God, like, I really need you to like show me like mm-hmm. and help with these situations, which I can't say because they're not my personal, like they're like <sighs> relinked to me, but they're not exactly like my immediate, like, it's not my story. So I can't share yeah, like friends. Yeah. Yeah, friends and family. Friends yeah. and family.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Yep. Um, and they're pressing needs, you know? Yep. But I think that to say that because I'm financially comfortable and I don't have any stress at my job because my podcast job is so fun, which I'm not being I'm, I'm being facetious, but I generally yeah, yeah, my yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. quote unquote job is very fun. I just need to find a way to monetize this. <laughs> but like I, to, but to say that because in, in that way my life is comfortable, I don't need God, I don't mm. think is right? Because I think I need God the same now and perhaps even more because there's nothing that's drawing me, like there's no physical thing that's pushing me to God because at the end of the day, like I still have relationships in my life. I'm a parent, I'm a wife Yeah, and none of, I can't make decisions in thoughtful ways without discerning how God wants me to act in these ways. You know, I have friendships that I need to, you know. Like I, I and you know listen, like my husband says to me that in his opinion, I am the most thoughtful parent that he's ever met. Mm-hmm. um I do think a lot about how I parent my kids. Like mm. I'm very, very thoughtful about how I parent them um and prayerful about it because I have myself been a recipient of both good and bad parenting mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and I
0: really am trying to minimize the bad parenting, yeah. Um, that I give my kids, and thankfully, I have the privilege of being having the space to be thoughtful about parenting because I don't have another job that is constantly yes. squeezing the spirit and soul out of me. Yeah. So I can spend my entire six hours of my kids being away from my house thinking about how I want to parent them and praying about how God wants me to parent them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a privilege and space that I have. Yeah, and to say that because my life is comfortable right now, I don't need to pray to God about guidance on how I parent my kids is crazy because every day I need God to show me how to parent my kids, you know, like everything I say is going to be in them, you know?
1: So, so what do you, so what would you attribute then? Like just if you, if, if you can just try to think through it now, um, you know, this is great because this is like a great case study, you know, and I think I think there's so many people listening where they can really, they, they can identify with you right now, Sua. Uh what, what do you think right now is causing you to um, have a prayer life that is not as regular as it was before? Because I think one of the reasons you said is because, you know, like, I, I think you've broken free from this. If I don't do this, God's going to mm-hmm. get angry with mm-hmm. me, which is great. It's great. But, uh, but what do you think are some of the other con- things that are contributing to to kind of where your prayer life is right now?
0: Where it's and like where, very relaxed? And yeah, it's
1: relaxed. You're doing it when you kind of like, you know, like, let's just say, like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You're doing it when you feel like you just kind of want to. You know, you're not prioritizing it necessarily. Like, okay, I, I got to pray. This is important for me to pray in that way. So, like, you're just more relaxed about it. What do you think is contributing to that?
0: I don't know. I mean, and I honestly, I don't know. I mean, I think like the way I pray is kind of like, it's, it's weird because I don't ever feel like I go a day without praying because it's kind of like, um, like I might be in the car and suddenly I have something to say and then I will pray or, you know, some God will put somebody in my heart and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to take the next 10 minutes and pray for this person because suddenly God's really pushing me to pray for this person. Or, you know, um, on the days that I do do my, like, um, like really in-depth Bible study reading, of course I will pray after that, which is like three to four times a week. So like, I am praying. It's just, I don't do it the way I guess I did where it's like 9am. I wake up, send the kids to school. And that first hour of the day before I do anything, I am praying, which is kind of, and even, you know, I just want to push back a little bit and you can tell me whether you think this is theologically wrong or right. You know, every time we do like a meeting, like a Bible study or like a church meeting, we do a very perfunctory prayer. Yes. You know, every time before we eat, we do this perfunctory prayer. Yes. Is that really like a sin if you don't do it i mean i understand no it's definitely not a Like, i understand why we're doing it but a lot of times it doesn't feel very authentic to me like it doesn't feel very authentic to me that you know we're we're all these people like let's say we're doing a church staff meeting, right like i understand why you're praying and saying god like help us lead this whatever but i'm like sometimes i'm like it just doesn't feel very organic to me like it feels very Mm -hmm. like part of a routine and aren't we like don't we don't we No, like aren't we all people who pray on our own? Like, aren't we all people that are coming to this meeting with the heart of trying to hear from God? Why do we always need to do this very brief prayer at the beginning and end of every meeting? Excellent. Like, do you understand what I'm asking? Oh, I know. It's such an
1: excellent question. And this is and this is the best way I could answer it. Sometimes we think negatively with routine. You know, and I think sometimes we we always believe things should be organic, it should feel good, it should feel right. And I, I'm not saying that it shouldn't. I think that's great when it can. But routines will save us. Routines will allow us to go deeper in our relationship with the Lord, you know, I believe. And so, like, I know you shared beforehand uh, something to this effect that, you know, like, yeah, like sometimes I don't feel like praying. Sometimes I go to pray and nothing happens. Like it's just like, okay, like cricket's here. Like, hey, I'm silent before you, <laughs> God, but like I don't hear anything. Like I can't stop thinking about like the Yankees not making it to the World Series. I cannot I stop never think about the about Giants that, so. doing so well. Maybe they'll go to the Super Bowl. Like I cannot th- stop thinking about other things. And, you know, like the thing that I would just press on our audience is this. Like So to be legalistic, to have a routine, and to be legalistic, you become a Pharisee. You don't want to do that. But I just think there's such a deep level of spiritual growth that happens when you pray and you don't want to pray. When you even push forward and say, no matter what, God, like I I know this is one of the best ways in how I can connect with you. I'm going to do it. And if I don't, guess what? I'm back tomorrow, no matter what. Right? I mean, Jesus on that cross was like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God was silent. Mm-hmm. God didn't answer him, and he still cried out to him. And I just think like that's discipline. That's spiritual growth. And routine can save us in that sense that we can still push through. We can still build spiritual grit and say, you know what, God, this wasn't like, because I think sometimes we think it's got to be like, like fire like you know moses on the mount sinai god speaking the 10 that would be nice
0: i mean it would be great (laughs) if that happened you know you know maybe once in a while i would like to see a non-burning burning burning bush (laughs) before i die that would be nice listen
1: yeah you know but i just feel like like you know those moments happen i'm not saying that they won't but they cannot they don't happen all the time and there are moments when it's just it, it can be a little bit like lackluster like wow this was just very like boring like like there are times I, I, I open up my Bible and I'm reading it. I'm like, yeah, God, I'm, get, I'm getting nothing from you here. And okay, you know what? All right, whatever. But I'm just grateful. I'm like, I'll be back tomorrow though. Like no matter what, I'll be back. And I'm going to keep searching. And, and I think the things that I've grown the most and I've looked at, like, so I struggle like in the past, like Sue for me, there are two things that really affected my prayer life. Number one, my busyness. If I was really busy and I had too much going on, my prayer life would be affected by that for sure. You know, and it still is to this day. Like there are times where it's like I got so much stuff going on. Like it's hard, you know, and I usually have my time of prayer, you know, silence and solitude and stuff like that. That's very important to me. Um, you know, so that's that's like a key thing. And I just forgot what the second one is. The second one was the main <laughs> one. But this is how bad my memory is. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> While well, you were saying down. the first
0: point. The
1: fir- what, what was my first one again? your busyness yeah my busyness all right so that was my first one like the busyness just gets oh the second one my god i can't
0: is it your is it your inability to focus oh
1: my god uh no so but the second one is this is when i'm going through hardships like when i'm really struggling yeah there are times where i don't want to pray why um because I would prefer, if I'm just going to be, I would prefer to just indulge in sinful nature, stuff, stuff, stuff like temptation. And so, other
0: you know, coping mechanisms. Other
1: coping mechanisms. Okay. When I'm like okay. really, really struggling, like we're talking the dark night of the soul, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you've prayed for stuff and things didn't happen your way, all right? When you feel like, you know, like people are coming against you, you know, at the church and things like that, there are moments where I don't want to pray. I'm like, you know what? I don't want, I don't want to read the Bible. I don't, I don't want to do these things. But if I push forward and I continue to be disciplined and I keep doing it, like later on, I'm just so grateful that I did it because it's helped me to grow. Because I think you grow the most. Here's me, not from the mountaintops. I think you grow the most that when you're going through a dark night of the soul, And you still press forward. You still persevere. You still pursue God. I will still pursue you, even though everything in me doesn't want to pursue you. That's how you grow. That's how you grow and build spiritual grit. And so I think, you know, like even like the prayers before a staff meeting or after staff meeting, prayers before a meal and after a meal, like I know that can be perfunctory. That can be like very routine. But I think sometimes those routines actually save us. It saves us. And it's not like we should do it because we got to be legalistic, but it helps say, I'm going to continue to do my best to honor God even though I may not feel it, but I'm going to honor God and I'm going to acknowledge that this is here. Thank you for the food. We need the food to live. Thank you for the food. And also, God, thank you. Be with us in this meeting because we need you We need you to guide us. You know, just saying, we're acknowledging God that you're here. We need you. So I think that those are good. So routine, I think, sometimes can really save us. And I think we just have to be careful sometimes of, of trying to th- th- believe this idea that our desire for God has to match our desire for prayer like it like like in order for me to have a desire like really like i want to desire god then i should be praying is when i desire god because there are moments when i mean you know this and i know this there are times i don't want i don't desire god like i really don't like there are times
0: like i'm like i'm done i don't want to <laughs> that's like in you know? every and, and but you're right but that's like in every relationship you know it's yeah i guess what your point what you're saying and correct me if i'm wrong is basically that in every relationship you can't base it on your emotions like you can't just trust yeah, your emotions it's on incredibly dangerous your decisions because yes. there are times i'm sure that when we're in a marriage we don't necessarily feel extra loving towards our husbands or wives absolutely. but absolutely but i think it's at the end of the day it's a commitment that we've made to be in a relationship with this person and there are certain things that yes you're right like the routines will um, be very redemptive because we need those we need those yeah. to push us when we don't feel like it yeah um but I'm not going to lie. There are definitely times when it makes me very uncomfortable when even like when my daughter is praying, like she'll pray. And it's so funny how these things, you don't even need to teach them. It just becomes a thing. Like yeah. the same things like, like the number of times that I as a child and now my child has opened a prayer with, dear God, thank you for this day. Like, I mean, literally it's thank you it's for okay. this day. And the, no, 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 which is <laughs> fine. I, I, but But there's a part of me that feels very like, oh my gosh, like, is this a sincere prayer? And I think it's part of it is from like when I was young and I had to, we all were told to pray these certain prayers. And I don't even know if half the time I knew what I was praying. But I guess your point is, even if you don't really know what you're praying, there is power in the fact that in the repetition, in the routine, in the doing.
1: Yeah, like in my journal, there were times I'll just write, God, I don't, Jesus, I don't really want to pray to you today. Like I'm struggling right now here. You know, I'd love it if you can come and somehow, you know, bless me with your presence. And that's the role of the Holy Spirit, you know, folks, you know, the Holy Spirit's primary job is to advocate God's presence and speak the truth of Jesus Christ to you. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. happens through the reading of the word, but Jesus makes it very clear in John 16. He says, listen, the reason why you have the Holy Spirit is because when I want to speak to you, I can't just speak to you because you're not going to hear me right? right i'm in heaven right i will use the whole i will speak to the holy spirit and the holy spirit will speak that truth to you and so to know that no matter what the holy spirit lives inside of us and prayer allows us really allows the holy spirit to advocate god's presence mm-hmm. and speak the truth of jesus christ not all the time but it opens the doorway for that and i think like the fact that we can go in with that mindset of like Lord, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to rely upon you and I hope that you'll come and speak to me and your presence will come upon me. I think that would be great. And I would even say like your daughter, like, you know, like I was really moved when you told me that your daughter wrote in her baptism application that, you know, the fruit of my belief in Jesus Christ is the fact that people can say even hard things and make fun of me. But it doesn't affect me because I know I'm a child of God. It
0: was only one of three points, apparently.
1: (laughs) So listen. Listen. Listen, the routine <laughs> prayers are helping her in every way because it's allowing her again, reminding her God controls the day. So, you're, God, thank no, you're you for right. This day. And
0: yeah. to add to that, you know, because obviously our faith journeys are always evolving, and even the way I have a relationship with God is constantly evolving and growing. Yeah, I'm almost becoming like this weird, like, like I'm super into like, um. Like, okay, so the Protestant church doesn't have a lot of routines, like the church routines, right? Like a corporate routine or corporate... I don't know, the like corporate prayers, yeah. Whereas, although certain churches, I guess, do like, um, like, but Catholic churches, for example, have a lot of these communal prayers yes. that people say together all yes. the time. And I'm kind of really into them. Yeah. <laughs> like we re- only recently. absolutely. Um, and so in a weird twist of irony, even though I'm like a little bit uncomfortable with repeated perfunctory things, I also really kind of love mm. like when in our church, which is not Catholic, um, when we read things together that have been said by Christians for thousands of years, yep. like there's the something Creed. really yep. beautiful. Yes, yeah, yeah. so I know you had mentioned recently that you you have been saying the Apostles' Creed at Metro. Yeah, mm. right. Yeah, yep. for the past
1: like about two three years now. Yeah,
0: and like I think that's beautiful, and even yep. the Lord's Prayer. Yep. I was talking to someone recently about how that's how God, like Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Yep. Has anybody actually looked at what it says in the Lord's prayer? Mm-hmm. That is a very scary prayer. If you yep. don't know what yep. you're reading, yep. it says that God will forgive you the way you forgive others. <laughs> exactly. Like have you, have they, when we read these things, do we understand like yeah. what we are saying? Because yep. that is a really harsh thing. Yep to pray without knowing like a real consequential thing to pray every single day without realizing what you're praying for. Um, And so I do think you're right. Like there, there is something beautiful and powerful about a routine. I'm trying to recraft my routine, but Mm -hmm. I am very, very thankful that I'm not doing it from a place of feeling like God's going to take away, you know, my blessing or punish me or give me even blessing if I pray. However, I will say now I'm all over the place, but I will say, I do think, There is a blessing in praying regularly. It's not the kind of like prosperity blessing of like God will give material riches or, you know, health or whatever. But I think it's a natural consequence of having a regular prayer life where your life is bearing more fruit of the Spirit because you're in regular communion with God.
1: Yeah. So there is a blessing. You get more of God, and that should be the greatest gift you get is you get more of Him. And that's the best part of this. It's like for me, you know, and so, you know, I mean, I, I know I'm a pastor and stuff like that. So people are like, well, that's because you're a pastor. And I'll say, man, there are a lot of pastors who don't pray. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And for me, like I know I cannot preach a sermon if I'm not praying. Like I just know it. I know because it's an anoint- it's It's this anointing that I need from God and only God can give it, you know, like I can't do it outside of that. Now, some people are very gifted in communicating and they're just naturally gifted communicators. And honestly, like they don't really need God to preach. But for me, I do. Like I know that if I don't, if I'm not connected with God, there's no way I can go and speak a sermon, preach a sermon, God's word to people. And so for me, it's like this dependence, you know, upon God in that way. But at the end of the day, it's just about you getting more of God and God speaks to you. When God starts to speak to you in your prayer life, I mean, it it's it doesn't happen very often to me, but it happens often enough where I'm just like, this is amazing. Like, thank you, God. Like, thank you for this understanding. Like for me recently. What happened i can share this because i shared this on sunday at a sermon and, and i got ij's permission so pastor ij is our youth pastor and i'm sure he wouldn't mind me sharing this on the podcast so uh, you know there was something you know so ij lived with me for seven months and uh part of that is that i believe one of the best ways to do discipleship is actually to let people see how you live as opposed to just teach them in a class how to live like mm-hmm. jesus so that's kind of like my method, and I've done that with a few people in our church over the over the past eighteen years. Like I just feel like if you come live with me, I think you'll learn more about how to be a disciple for Jesus than just me telling you how you need to do it. Not because I'm perfect, but you'll see like everything, like my whole life. You'll see, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. you cannot avoid it if you're living with me for six seven months. And so I just lived with me for about seven months, and once a week we would sit down, and I'd give him feedback. I just would give him natural feedback on things that I saw because he was living with me, and you know like thing like just. Even like if we walked to Costco's and we saw something and he responded, like I just would give him a lot of feedback. And so we did that regularly and he received it so well. And recently, you know, we were eating uh, sushi at Las Vegas. Sushi, like he he's like, you said that you were going to take me, but you haven't taken me in over a year. And I was like, oh, shoot, I'm sorry. I just forgot.
0: You know how I forget. So I took him.
1: I took him, but what Good was job going Good job, IJ, on calling him was out. that Yeah, a couple couple months ago, I just started to see this. I just started to see some things that I needed to talk to IJ about. But, you know, we went to Las Vegas sushi on a Sabbath because he thought, oh, we're going to eat together. You know, he and I both love eating. So we just thought this would be great. And so he worked out extra hard, didn't eat anything all day so that he can enjoy this. So he was <laughs> eating it. And I said to him, I was like, IJ, just wait. Like, the best part of all this at the end they give you really good quality mochi green tea ice cream Mm, and it's so good
0: i love mochi green tea. yeah yeah
1: so anyway so so we were doing and as we were eating like i just thought nothing of it i'm like well he and i had this kind of relationship, so i'm just going to give him some feedback and i did i gave him i just was very honest with him about it i tried to share it as best as i could with love and man like i could tell like it didn't go well
0: he was not happy
1: the reason why i could tell it's because he, he stopped, stopped eating? eating, and he was.
0: Oh, this I makes believe, me so sad. He wasn't even at
1: fifty percent capacity, like of eating, like oh. everything he wanted to eat. And then, like you know, he was so excited about that green tea mochi, and then I'm like, "Hey, are you ready for the green tea mochi?" He goes, "No, no, no, it's okay. I don't want it." And I'm like, "Oh man, this boy is pissed at this me. Like, I must have heard
0: him." So you know, and then for a few weeks, it just Gio's like, never going to be our guest after this.
1: <laughs> I know, right?
0: It's going to be and like, so, how dare you do that to
1: my so boy? For, well, Gio knows about it because I just oh, told him. All right, fine. You know, so, and I actually said to I just said, hey, listen, man, Like, I want you to think about the things I said for the next 30 days, and then we'll get together for another meal, and we 30 can days? talk about it. 30 days. That was a processor. long time. As a processor with your soulmate, you know, and stuff like that. And so that's why Gio knows about this. And so anyway, so we met up 30 days later, and he just shared some stuff. You know, and he's like, I, I appreciate the feedback, so on and so forth. But it's something still felt off with me and him, and I could feel because I'm a feeler, right? And I know what was going on, so I was like, "All right, that's great. You know, I'm glad. We, you know, you're good. We're we're good." And I was just praying one day, and God, and I, I was journaling about IJ, right? And I was just writing about him, and just praying for him, and um, and God said, "And this is why prayer for me is so important." He said, "Peter, like you have to apologize to him." And I was like what do you mean? Like, I didn't do anything wrong. Like we have this rapport and this relationship. I think that's every week when he lived with me for seven months. And God said to me, he said, Peter, he hasn't lived in your house for three years.
0: Mm.
1: Why do you think it's okay to just do this whenever you feel like doing it? You, you share this stuff with him on his Sabbath. And he said, the real problem is Peter, it's not the feedback that's really bothering IJ. What's bothering him is that he feels like he's disappointed you. And that's what's hurting him. Mm. And I had no idea. Like, I would have never thought that in a million years. And I was like, oh, I feel terrible. Like, no, he didn't disappoint me. I just want to be honest with him about some things. And God said, No, what's hurting him is that he feels like he disappointed you. And that's why you feel this distance with him. And so yeah, that day it was Sunday when when you know when when God spoke to me about that before I went to church, and I had to preach. And I just pulled them aside in between services. I just want to say, bro, I just want you to know, like, you've never disappointed me. And I'm so sorry if you felt like I dis- like, like you disappointed me. And that's why I confronted you on these things. And I, I just said, I want you to forgive me. And it just took that and we're totally cool again, you know. And that's why for me, prayer is so important. Because God will speak to me about things that I don't even know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even, like, it mm-hmm. doesn't even dawn on me. And I'm like, really? And, it's just amazing. And so that's why for me, like there's this, I always need to hear from God. I always need to put myself in a position. I don't always hear from God, but when I just continue to go through the routine of it and someday, sometimes it's just incredibly mundane, God speaks, he'll speak. And I just, I just, I don't think I could be where I'm at today if God isn't speaking, you know, and stuff. And it's so important for me. So anyway, yeah, that's just a thought there. And I just want to encourage you, like, yeah, like get, Go, go get a routine, figure it out and figure out ways and how you can connect with God. But silence is really important because you can't really hear from God unless you stop talking, you know. And so that's why it's important to pray in silence too. You can speak for sure. It could be audible, but you got to also have some time where you can be silent. And so I encourage you guys, if you've never been silent in your prayer, start with three minutes a day, twice a day for three minutes a day, twice a day, just be quiet. And find a word, that we call it an anchor word. So like our mind will wander. And so find an anchor word that you can say. So like Jesus, you know, like I, I like to say, I use the Korean word, I say abaji Like for some reason, when I say abhiji, which is father. That's so
0: interesting. You use Korean to oh, anchor yourself?
1: It, well, it helps me to, it helps me huh. to focus, right? Because I have ADHD, right? And my mind wanders. But when I say abhiji, it's like holy like so holy Mm -hmm. for me and so that brings me right back to god and like sometimes we get discouraged because like in three minutes you you might have to use your anchor like 30 times and you might get discouraged but don't be because 30 times god is inviting you to come back to him Mm -hmm. and that's a blessing, you know? And so start with that, three minutes, twice a day, and then maybe you can start upping it a little bit to like five minutes, maybe 10 minutes. You know, I think it's important to do that like in the middle of the day, like one maybe one time in the morning, one time in the middle of the day while you're working, just so that you can be reminded that God is still at work in your life. You know, just be silent for like two, three minutes, and then just go back. You know, you can do that on your lunchtime if you want, but it's important to do that. And I think it's a good rhythm in how you can, you know, and how you can live your life and and go deeper with God. So anyway, any other thoughts or words before we end? Sua? I mean,
0: recently in in my small group, um, shout out to Christy's small group. Um hey, Christy. one of the one of the members said something that I thought was well, she said it last week, so that's why it's in my mind right now. But she said something that I thought was such a great way to open your prayer with God. She mm. said, before she starts praying she thinks about in what state she's coming to god that day so she thinks about am i happy like she does like an emotion check with god like am i mm. happy with god right yeah, now Yeah, emotional, am I sad inventory, emotional inventory
1: is so important
0: am yep. i coming to god with anxiety am yep. i coming to god with something to celebrate yep. am i coming to god with something to grieve and i think this is such an authentic and honest and an in-touch way to start your prayer yeah. So that you don't necessarily fall into that ditch of just saying your piece that you say all the time yeah, 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 and yeah, really yeah. kind of posturing yourself before God yeah. in a way to listen yeah. um, and have an authentic relationship. I do think maybe this is just me because... um I'm an old mill- millennial, um, but also not as old as the Gen Xers or Boomers. Worry, um, why are you
1: looking at me when you say that? You're a Gen
0: Xer. <laughs> I'm an old. You're right smack in the middle of an Xer. Yes,
1: I am. I'm. I an think ex. the
0: way we do relationships with each other, like friends and families and acquaintances reflects a lot of how we do our relationship with god um and unfortunately i've seen and i know people are going to probably be like you freaking old boomer like now you're like saying bad things about the young people but i definitely have seen over the past years a trend towards very surface level relationships and i think it's a trend in the generations i think social media has a lot social media has played
1: a huge role in that um, yeah
0: and I, i i see the way my relationships have a tendency to become very superficial via text, very rare to do a real in-person, in-depth yeah. conversation. Yeah. Everything is very just surface level. Yeah. And I I see that that plays into the way we have our own relationships with God as well, where yeah. everything becomes very surface level. And if we yeah. don't know how to have real meaningful relationships with people in our lives, it's really difficult to have meaningful yeah. relationships with someone we can't see, you know, and the Absolutely. expectations become very different. So yeah. um yeah, I I do think that it's important to prioritize. For me, my lesson in this season of my life with prayer is I really need to prioritize it not because not because I need something from God, but because I can't do anything with God. Yeah. And I need to also I want to show God like I love you and I want to prioritize you in my life because you're important above all else things in my yeah. life and I need yep. you more than anything else that I need yeah. in my life and I can't show that. It's like it's cheap if i just say it with my words when i yeah. feel like it. It means something um if my heart is in it and i prioritize it above all other things. And so i think actions have to be there. I can't just be saying to people Absolutely. like i love god or even to god like i love you, but it's mm-hmm. like where are your actions? Like mm-hmm. what are you doing to show me that you prioritize mm-hmm. me in your life? Mm-hmm. And i think that is the call for me in this season right now, I will let you know how it goes.
1: Well, that's fantastic, Sue. And listen, uh, Christy's small group is pretty rocking because what that woman <laughs> shared is so true. And you know, mm-hmm. this is one of the things I help like our staff and others too. I said, you know, start your prayers with an emotional inventory. Mm-hmm. Take an emotional inventory of what you're feeling, what you're feeling towards God and what you're feeling towards other people. If you do that, God will start to speak to you because you're being very vulnerable before the Lord and he will speak to you. And that's really a a great reminder that maybe that's the first place you start as you pray. Take an inventory of your Mm -hmm. feelings, of your emotions and bring them before the Lord. What you're feeling towards God, what you're feeling towards other people and the Psalms is... One of the most beautiful books to read in the Bible, because you see the diversity of the human emotions that David is going through, that the writer of the Psalms is going through um, as they're living their life for God. There are moments when David is praising God. There's moments where David is doubting God. There's moment where David's <laughs> cursing like if God. If you
0: if you want a book in the Bible to show your like how you're feeling that particular day, you yeah. there's a Psalm for it. <laughs> read a, read a Psalm
1: because there I is mean the guy Psalm
0: for your the guy's all over
1: today. the place. And uh, but yes. you, what you realize is that David felt so. Comfortable going to God and doing an emotional inventory. And it's probably one of the key ways in how you can begin to have a vibrant, vibrant prayer life. So, Anyway, we just want to thank you so much for listening today. We hope this was helpful. Most of all, we do hope that you will begin to take steps to going deeper and that prayer would be something that you wouldn't just do sporadically, but you would really make time and space for it every day uh, because it is important. It's important for us to get to know God more. It's important for God to speak to us, and I know he longs to, and he can't Mm -hmm. do that if we're not Mm -hmm. willing to put ourselves in a place where we can actually hear from him. And so I hope that you'll begin to do that. So I want to thank you again for listening. Hopefully you'll join us again next week. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you. Bye.